Okay, Parshas told us, let's begin with a little bit of a, of a summary on the parsha. So again, the parsha begins, Yitzchak Avinu was 40 years old when he got married, 60 years old when he finally davens, and as a child, I mean, I'm sure he davened beforehand too, but the first 10 years, some say he didn't daven, um, because Rivka wasn't really capable of having children yet. She was only three years old. After she was 10 years into the marriage, she was capable of having children, so then they had waited another 10 years. And now things got desperate. 60 years old, they daven. And she becomes pregnant. The next part, she has Sarleda. She's wondering what's going on. She goes to Shiva Shem Be'ever. And she's going to have two different nations. And finally, they're born. And one is Yaakov. And one is Azov. Everyone called him Azov. Azov comes in from this field. He's all Ayev, exhausted from the three big Averis. And... Um, uh, uh, Yaakov is uh, cooking soup, uh, some kind of lentil beans for Avram Avinu's uh, morning, for the Avelas of Avram Avinu. And they make the deal for the Bukhaira. After that comes a raw of a hunger in the land. Yaakov Avinu goes down to Gerar and he has to say, Akhoisiu. And Avimelech ends up catching him, acting as husband and his wife. Ayachkev, he looks through the Chaloin. Yitzchak then goes and he starts digging these wells and he's mamish kebenched meyer sha'arim he becomes god on the oid to the fact that the people said they'd rather have the manure of Yaakov's of Yitzchak's uh, uh, mules and then they start getting jealous of him Yitzchak Avinu leaves the land and he digs another three wells two of them they fight over the third one is successful Rechayvais Yavimela comes back into into play, he makes a shavua, they make some kind of covenant between each other, and they call it Beersheva. Azov is 40 years old, and he gets married to Yehudis and to Basmas. Yaakov Avinu then gets the brachas, we have the whole thing. Uh, Yitzchak Avinu wants to give the brachas to Azov, Rivka makes the whole trick, it's really Pesach, and they do the switch. Yitzchak is suspicious, he feels him, he finally gives him the bracha, all the wonderful brachas. Esav comes in, he starts crying like crazy, and he, Yitzchak Avinu gives him his bracha. Yeah, uh, Esav has a tremendous hatred to Yaakov. Rivka knows about it through Ruach She tells Yaakov, get out of here. Go find a shidduch. Yitzchak also then instructs Yaakov Avinu to leave and go to Patan Aram to find a shidduch. Esav then <coughs> settles down. He marries Yishmael's daughter, Machlas Bas Yishmael, and that's the end of the parsha. Let's start going through a bunch of poppers. So right away at the beginning of the parsha, Ela told us Yitzchak ben Avram, Avraham, Ela Yitzchak. Rashi says, "What's the repetition? Hashem made Yitzchak um, look exactly like Avram, so nobody should doubt should doubt the yichus of Yitzchak. He looked exactly like Avram." Sam Sefer points out that it's natural for a baby to look like his father. How does that uh, necessarily point anything? What's the, what's the kasha? Um, the reason why children often look like the parents is not just because of their DNA and the chromosomes, but it's brought down in the Svar Magdashim that what the woman thinks about Bishas, she's intimate with her husband, that's what the child will be. The child will look with whatever kavana the woman had when they were intimate. So what's the raya? that the baby is going to look like the father, that's what a mother normally has in mind. 
so nobody should doubt it, and everybody should realize it came from Avram Avinu. Okay, a similar thing. Pasukhaf. It says about Rivka. Vayitzchak ben Abayim shouldn't be kach Rivka. Pas b'suel or Rami banu Rami akoyz lavan or Rami. Why does the Torah go through this whole drasha of Rivka menus horrible yichus? So Rashi to show how horrible she came from and what greatness she rose to. That even though she came from a bad brother and a bad father and a bad town, she became a tzaddikus, right? Zagdus Farno, this Pasuk is also coming to tell me a similar thing, to tell me where Yaakov and Esav came from. One might have thought that maybe Yaakov and Esav came from Rivka, came from Yitzchak's Yichos Tavi Melech. They're going to say, how did Shaykh for Yitzchak and Rivka to have a child like Esav? Such a horror, such a terror. Oh, must be that Yitzchak has a bad Yichos. No, 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 no. Yitzchak Yichas was perfect. It came from Avram and Sarah. And Yitzchak looked exactly like Avram. So then where did the negativity come from? Because Rivka came from bad Yichas. And that's where Esav came from. Like we all know, says the Sephardha, the children normally follow the brothers of the aim. You look at the brothers of the mother. So if you look at the brother of Rivka, who do you get? Love him. That's where we get an Esau from. That's why the Pasuk gives the identity of Rivka over here. Before the Hilad of Esau, you shouldn't have any questions. Where did Esau come from? Esau came from Rivka's side of the family. Okay. Pasuk of Beis. They're fighting inside her. So everybody is a famous Shailah. When does the Yetzara come upon a person? Huh? At birth. So what's this Already in the mother's stomach, Esav is kicking to go to a church. He's trying to go to Avodah Zarah. The Yetzirah does not come until birth. The Gemara says that if the Yetzirah would come before birth, babies would kick in the mother's stomach immediately and they'd cause a miscarriage, killing their mother and killing themselves. And we learn from here, Taka the Sadiqim says that the, the, the goal of the Yetzirah is to kill you too. The Yetzirah wants to kill you. Not just there. He wants you dead. He says that's why we find babies do totally dangerous things to themselves. Because they don't get a Yetzirah toiv until they're by mitzvah. So how come Yaakov? <laughs> you need to protect the baby from themselves. They'll roll off the table. They'll roll down the stairs. They'll stick their finger into Saka's Meshuggah. Every cat, every dog, every animal has instincts of self-protection. But a human being doesn't. No, a human being also does. But the Yetzirah wants it dead. But that's only Meshach Leida. So what's that inside the mother's stomach? Esav is trying to go to Avodah Zarah. Listen to this Peladiga. Peladiga, Sefer Hasidim, Rabbi Yisai. It'll blow your mind. You guys are ready for this? Zog the Sefer Hasidim. You find some people that are just bad. Bad, Rishayim. Rahman Aslan. They're just bad. 
Listen to the Sefer Hasidim. We don't know the Abishlis Cheshbainis. But we do know that the Abishlis planned on giving the Torah a lot later. But he knew that the world would not survive so many generations till Matan Torah. So what did Hashem do? Davar Tziva Le'elev Dar. Hashem commanded his mitzvahs to the thousandth generation. But it's not true. There were only 26 generations to Matan Torah. What happened to the 974 generations before? Says HaKadosh Baruch skipped them. Because if you would have allowed them to exist, no Torah would ever end up being given. The world would destroy itself beforehand because they would be so bad. Like we know, the Dar Mabel, the Dar Flug was horrible. And if there would have been all those 974 generations before, forget about it. Abazak the Sefer Hasidim, there were souls that were supposed to be around for 974 generations and they were never here. Those souls go into people. We don't know how, what, why Hashem plant, puts those souls into these people. But these are people that from within the mother's stomach already, as soon as they have an ashama, it's just rotten. And that's why it says a lady's hungry on Yom Kippur, a pregnant woman. You whisper into her ear and she's calm. Oh, you know, the baby's a tzaddik. You whisper into her ear and she still needs to eat. Oh, there's a problem with the baby. How can there be a problem with the baby? It's still in the mother's stomach. There's no Yetzirah. There are certain neshamas that come down from a very, very, very dark place from the 974 generations before Bria Sa'ilam. And that was Esav. Now, I, I, I'm scared I'm not going to get to this later, so I have to share it with you now. The Skalena Rebbe, this, this story was brought down in the Mishpacha magazine, which I read. And the Mashkiach and Yeshiva asked me if I read it. I made believe I didn't because I wanted to hear his take on it. And he went and gave a whole shtickle on it, and then he told me to make sure to read it. So it's Kedai for everyone to hear. They had a whole series of letters because of an article that somebody wrote about the off-the-derek phenomenon. And this person attributed to one thing, and tons of people wrote back, what are you talking about, what are you talking about? And their final issue, the Mishmaka magazine wrote, had a letter from a couple, a couple, who had a daughter that went off that you can't imagine. And they went in one night to the Skeletor Rebbe. It was the middle of the night. It was one o'clock in the morning. And they come into him, and the Skeletor Rebbe cries for them. And he says, but let me tell you something. We don't understand the Abishter's ways, but there are neshamas that come down from Shemayim that they can't do anything else but be bad. And HaKadosh Baruch who plants those neshamas into families that have so much patience and so much yichaylis to be able to host these neshamas in this world. Similar to what we say, to, to Nebuchs, to Shaitan, that they're special and they have a special tikkun. And the tikkun for these neshamas is once in the blue, they might do a schus. For them, that's myridic. Once in a while, they might krecht when they do an avera. For that hero tshuva, that was the tikkun. That's what they're here for. But they ain't gonna have a smooth tzaddik style life. It just ain't gonna happen. And he says, not only that, these neshamas could never have survived in previous generations because they would have been scorned and kicked out and beaten and who knows what. And Hakadosh Baruch Hu chose our generation to place these neshamas in, and we have the patience to deal with them. And if a Baruch who chose you, you're a chosen one. 
This is what the Skalen Rebbe told this couple. So he didn't say this thing about the 974 generations, but this is a Sefer Chazidim. Tough, tough Lama Dalar, I think. In the Sefer Chazidim. Rav Shleim of Olba says a different part. It could be based on this Sefer Chazidim, but he just says there's something called magnetism. He uses that word. Magnetism. And he says in Dover Nerevayim, he says there's something about our character that attracts us to things. And it's those things that we have to work on in our lives. Certain people are attracted to, on, to dishonest money. Some people are attracted to taiva, to food, to kavay, to, to, to tons of different yetaras. And Nerevayim, they'll start finding it all around them. Because it brings it to them. Because this is their avayda and this is their tikkun. It brings these situations to them. There's a connection. And it exists for good and it exists for bad as well. It's a kaya called magnetism. Okay. Let's go weiter. There's a second child and that is what happened to Bechira? Forget about what we just said a minute ago. Let's forget about the Sefer Chassidim. How do we understand Mechir when you have a kid like Esav? He's born <laughs> crazy hormones. He's born an adolescent. You got fully man's hair. There's a manager that says he already had teeth. I mean, like, he, he's, he's ready to roll. <laughs> what do you expect of him? And the insight is that everyone is born with tendencies. And our job is to fight them. The whole community, the colorful community, the pride community, the Tayevites and everything. You know, this is who we are. Is that who we are? You might have tendencies. And just like Ruvain has a tendency for money, and Shimon has a tendency for COVID, and, and then Levi has a tendency for women, and then Yehuda has a tendency for food, and uh, this guy has a tendency for a certain Avera. And it's our job to fight our tendencies. So, let's go back there. So Rivka Imenu is very troubled by this Yisroitzu. Oh, I forgot to say, Zog the Sefer Chassidim. That's why they were fighting in the mother's stomach, because Hashem did not want to have any shalom between Yaakov and Esav, because Esav's neshama was so rotten, it shouldn't rub off on Yaakov. In the mother's stomach already, there was machlekes. Hashem made sure to keep them separate. And she says, "If so, why did I do this?" So one shot is, if it's so painful, why did I dive to become pregnant? What? Are you the Shabbat should say that because she has some pain, she shouldn't have become pregnant? Some say, yes, she never experienced it. She asked other women if they ever had so much pain, they all said no. She says, it's abnormal. What is this? Why did I dive to become pregnant? It was very schwer to say that she was doing it. The other shot is, when she saw that there was some confusion in her, she thought it was one baby. And it's very mixed up. It's going to be some Medrash, it's going to Avedazara. Uh, that's horrible. Taruvis of Toivara is the worst thing in the world. The famous Shmuz from Chaim Shulevitz on Amalek. That Amalek grew up as an enical of Yaakov Avinu. Amalek grew up on the lap of Yaakov Avinu. So he absorbed from Esav. What, sorry, what, Amalek, yeah. Eliphaz. Eliphaz, Amalek. Amalek was the son of Eliphaz. And he says because he absorbed both, he was confused. Confusion is the worst. Eitzadas Taivara was the confusion, the mixture of Taivara. So that's the worst. When she heard that she's having two separate ones, one good, one bad, they had already said she's okay. 
But listen to this She says, We know there's an animal that has a mixed features. The Chazir is famous. That's one. We know that. Esav is compared to Chazir. There's another one also. A Gomel. Last week's parasha. A Gomel. Also, has split hooves, doesn't chew its cut. Well, the opposite. It chews its opposite. It chews its cut, but it doesn't have split hooves. A Gomel. Esav said Halitani, which the first say is the Lushan that you do to a Gomel. Listen to this Megala Mukais. Rivka Imenu said like this, there's still mixed up powers in me. When she came on the Gomel and she first saw Yitzchak, she had an inspiration and she realized that Yitzchak is a Gilgal of Adam. She's a Gilgal of Chava. And she understood that she's going to have, because Chava did the Chet of Eitz Hadas, this confusion, she understood that she's going to have Azar Kain Revel. She's going to have a mix-up again of good and a bad in her. And she didn't want it. And just like we say with a dream, there's a way that you could like tap into a bad dream and let it be fulfilled in a minor way instead of it being fulfilled in a major way. She didn't want the kayakatum of the gomel. So she fell off the gomel. The Medrash says she purposely fell off and she hit herself and wounded herself and she lost her masulat and she bled. And she held that that should be considered as if she had a nafel to lose the kayak and the mela that should be gone. And Yitzchak was chaytzer; she didn't have a sulim. So she had problems later on. When the shkina came back to her tent, he realized everything's good. But but what's going on over here? And then she says, "What? I still have that bad in me." Why did I come up with that old kunz, that old trick to fall off the gomel and get hurt and, and Yitzchak should be chayshin me? And it, it wasn't worth it. Okay. So they grow up and Esau becomes a day outside Ish Sadeh. Says the Vilna Goyen. You can read this passage as Yodei Atzayit Ish Sadeh. He knew how to trap the Ish Sadeh. What's trapping Ishsadah? There's a certain animal in the world called the Ishsadah because it looks like a person, but it's connected to the ground by its umbilical cord. Another name for it is the Yudalini, says the Grah. And Asia was the only one in the world who knew how to trap alive the Ishsadah. Anybody else that wanted to get it, he had to be an expert marksman, shoot the umbilical cord from a very far distance, the animal would give the scream and die. And you had professional, great uh, people that could do that. That wasn't, you know, okay. You had to be a very expert marksman for it. But Esau had the power to trap it alive. Says can he ask him, Shem how did he have that? Because Esau got the clothing from Nimrod. Nimrod got the clothing from Adam. Adam got the clothing, listen to this, Medrash, which was skinned off of the Nachash. And the Nachash, that's the custom are. Because Baruch Hu gave Adam Rishon a skin clothing, that was made from the Nachash's skin. The Nachash was the Melachal Kalachayas before it was cursed. And on the Nachash's skin was images of every Chayra in the world. And when the Chayra would see the Nachash's skin, it would fall down in respect to the Nachash. And it would humble itself. And so when Nimrod wore it, and when Esau wore it, even this horrible Vildechaya called the Ishsadah, the Yidoni, whatever it was, would suddenly be tame like, like, a, like a puppy. 
and he was able to control it, and he would be mitzayirit. But we're going to see another pshat later on that the big goddamn chamudais that Rivka put on. Excuse me, we're not going to get to it also. <laughs> the big day chamudais later on in the parsha. You refer to Esau's clothing as chamudais? Esau's <laughs> clothing chamudais? Not only is Esau's clothing chamudais. We have a problem, says the Chida. It says, Big Day Amoharets are considered Tome Midras for Tamakacha. We're always chayshid that an Amoharets, a guy, a Russia's clothing, is Tome from Tumazov, and a Tamakacha can't even touch it, wear it, whatever. How could Rivka go and put on Chamudas? And how do you even call it Chamudas? Tome, Tome, Yikra, Zog the Chida. If you look at the Targum on Chamudais, this is going way, way to, to the end of the parasha. But on the Targum of Chamudais, the Targum Ukla says, the begadim that were dachyasa, pure. Pure? How are they pure? They're dumb. Zag the Chida, Chamudais, yeah. Brara dachyasa. Yeah, when they have the generations. But now it's Aesop, he's Matami, Tumazov. And for the Chida, there's a different measure that says that other Mauritians' clothes didn't come from the Nakash. It came from the Levyasan. And the Ur of a fish is not Makabal Tumah. And the Mela is not Makabal Tumah. It's Bigot. Big day, Asa Benah Godal Hachamuda is the tar. You can't be matami that clothing. That's what she gave to Yitzchak. Okay, well, I'm again writer. So we have Vayav Yitzchak as Asaf pasuk of Ches Kitzay Befiv Rivka Yehav says Yakov. So Yitzchak loved Asaf. What's the Vayav and Oyev? That's two different lashonos. Zog the Chizkune. Vayav is a verb. He did actions of love. The Rivka Yehav it was a state of love constantly. It could be that, that Yitzchak, of course, loved Yaakov as well. I mean, the Vardas, he went out of his way to do actions of love to Esau, to show him love. Why? He trapped him with his mouth. Food works. Sheikhad works. Sheikhad is a great thing. Bribe your son's... You don't have sons yet. Bribe your son's Rebbe. IPTA, by Hanukkah. Sukkis, not too early. Sukkis, right away at the beginning of the year. Bribe them, says Rapam. They'll pay more attention to your kid. There's nothing wrong with it. The only one that you're not allowed to bribe is a Dayan and a Dintar. That's it. You want your son to, to do well in your Rebbe's class? <laughs> Don't worry, you're out of my class. That's what he says. That's what he says. And it works. It works. He turns a blind eye. Okay. Um, what's Pshan and Yitzchak's love? Rabbi Rochim says, Yitzchak was Midas Adin, he was Gevura. Yitzchak love challenge. And he saw in Yaakov, man, he's dumb. He said, Satchkeles, boring. <laughs> goody, goody. A plus, you know, teacher's pet, boring. Aesop was a piece. <laughs> wow. We could do something with this guy. We could raise him up. We could, this is, you know, a do-it-yourself project. And Yitzchak loved the challenge and the opportunity that Esav offered for him to raise up. And his goal, he knew Esav's tchuna 
wasn't to sit and learn all day. His goal was Esav is going to be the, the Yisachar's Vulan. Esav is going to go out in the field. Esav is going to mak Parnasa. And he's going to support his brother Yaakov. That was the Vayitan Lacha. His plan was give Esav all the brachas of Eilamazet and he'll support his brother Yaakov. Two sides of the Menorah, the Yemen, the Ismail. And it's wonderful. Everything's facing the Pnei Menorah, Yivu Shavas Aneiros. Where did Rivka know that he went wrong? He didn't know how bad Esav was. That if Esav was blessed with all of the Gashmis, he would use it against Yaakov to kill him instead of to support Yaakov. Okay. What? Who says this again? Who says what? A lot of Oh, he loved the challenge. Oh, he loved the challenge? Rabbi Rukhim. Rabbi Rukhim. Okay, why didn't Rivka tell Yitzchak? I mean, how bad Esav was? One shot is, didn't want to cause him pain. Same reason why she didn't go to Avram Avinu when she was pregnant. Why did she go to Avram? Zaydi, uh, Zaydi Tati, Shver, Heilige Shver, what's doing with my stomach? I passed by a church, it's kicking. You know what kind of tsar Avram would be in? Instead of dying five years early, he'll die 15 years early. Why pain him? Why should she pain Yitzchak? Why should she pain him? That's one shot. Another shot is... Let Esav get love. Everyone needs love. Even an Esav. Everyone needs love. When it came to the brachis, and it meant danger for Yaakov, because Esav would use all of those blessings, you know, nuclear powers, to bomb out Yaakov, she had to get involved. But until that point, let Esav get some love. Everyone needs love. Okay, who are Esav comes in from the field and he's exhausted. The Medrash says he's exhausted from four terrible things. And you know something? He was even the Vaza of the Bukhara. What? <laughs> but anyway, here's my question. It's not my question. Where's this question? I forgot. Um, Rebbein Sinaibashitz. Madra says that he was only from Gilead by taking a Naira Hamu or Yurasa. Rebbein Sinaibashitz. Find me a Naira Murasa. Goyim don't have Averson. They only have the Suin. Guy wants to marry a, a girl. They decide we're living long term together. So there's no Averson in the Suin, my guy. Any Jews were already taken fully, fully Nasuin. Rivka was fully Nasuin. Sorry, Maiden already died. Hagar was Nasuin to Avram. What's going on here? You show me, and I am Rasa. Now he brings down the Tyson Baba Basset to Zion of a base. He asks a similar question. Tyson says that Asa was a Ben Noyach, and Ben Noyach is not Chayiv, and I am Rasa. Only Abulaz Baal. It's not Asa's ish. Tyson says Mukhuradov is still discussing. But Frank, the Rabbin is an Ibishist, it doesn't exist. Everybody is an Irishist. There's a gracious rabbi that says that Yaakov Avinu lived Be'eretz Megure Ariv. Ayesh of Yaakov, Be'eretz Megure Ariv. Zog the Medrash, Megure Ariv is Giure Ariv in the land of his father's Gerim. We all look at Yitzchak as having a very private life. Yitzchak also made Gerim. Now you think about the horrificness of Esav. He went to his father's Bali Juva, you know. He went to his father's Talmudim and stole a Naim Raza from me. That was Ayman Gilead Rice. 
Okay. Halitani nomin adam adam azeh. He has, says the Balaturim. Halitani nomin. The letters are, are out of order, but the Rashi Tevis says Haman, because there are two people in the world who sold themselves for food. Haman sold himself to Mordechai as a slave for a loaf of bread. Asaph sells his Bukhaira to Yaakov for a son lentil soup. What's going on over here? A terrible disgrace. Um, <clears throat> what exactly is he selling? And he says, Lama Zeli Bukhaira. So Rashi says, why on earth did Yaakov ask for the Bukhara? Not because he wanted it. But Yaakov says, it was a bazillion to the Bukhara for Esau to be the Bukhara. Esau of Rosh is going to be the, the, the Kayan. He's going to serve Hashem. Hashem. Yaakov wanted to take it away from him. Okay. What did Esau say? Two shots. One shot is we're talking Rukhnis. We're talking about the Bukhara, the Avaida. Like Rashi says, Asa said, what's with the Bukhara? says, all these laws, and if you're over on them, you're Misa. He says, I'm dead anyway, because I'm not going to give the laws. I may as well sell it to you. There's another very nice, simple pshat. A lot of Mepharshim say this. Bukhara! Can you buy Bukhara? Can you buy spirituality? What kind of acquisition is this? But the Territ says, it's a monetary thing too. It's a financial proposition. The Bukhara gets double as far as usual. Plain simple. Let's push him shot. Let's forget about Rukhnis. No, we forget about Rukhnis. But let's forget the Rukhnis aspect of Bukhaira. Yaakov said, <coughs> sell me your Bukhaira. The double portion. I want the Yerusha. Esav said, Every day I go hunting, I risk my life. Chances are I'm going to die before Tati. I'm not going to get the Bukhaira anyway. I'm never going to get any Yerusha. I may as well sell it now. What use do I have for the Bukhaira? I'm never going to inherit my father anyway. You have a young guy who's a chain smoker, this and that. He doesn't expect to get a Bukhaira from his health not dead, right? So there, the Tata's going to live a long life, we know. They all live 175, 100. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I'm not going to make it that long anyway. I may as well sell it. How you kinda a Kenyan Ruchnius? is so important for us. He says Kenyan and Ruchnium are acquired through covet. When you give Hashivas to something in Ruchnius, it becomes part of you. And when you mezalzel in something of Ruchnius, it gets taken away. When Yaakov said, I want to buy it, he became a buyer. He's a bidder. We got a bidder. We got a bidder. When Esau was mevazit, he lost it. And the Melech went up for grabs. Yaakov's coming up in a hefker. <laughs> the spiritual side of the book. But this is a lesson, he says. This was the Xavier of Shechita in Europe. Rabbi Rukhim was, was all fadigan about it. That because people weren't marks of Kashra so much, Shechita was taken away from them. Says from Shleim of Oban, Eretz Yisrael, you know why there's a women's draft? <coughs> because we're not machshav tzniyas enough. Tzniyas gets taken away from us. <laughs> okay, it says, Per Yuchav Vav Pazakei. The Ebershter told Yaakov when he's leaving, he's going down to, to, to Gerar. The Ebershter told Yaakov Avinu, Ekev, don't worry, I'm going to bless you, everything's going to go well. Why? Ekev, so gradually he kept all of the tires, and the measure says, even Erev Tavshilin, 
fact, the Vilna Gaon, where do we get Erev Tavshila from? <laughs> you want to tell me you did the Rabbanans? Oh, tell me Muksa, tell me. I don't know, Erev Tavshila, where did that come from? Zag the Vilna Gaon, it's a toy set for us. It's a toy set for us. The real thing should be Erev Tchumen. He kept Erev Tchumen. But the guy who wrote it, the printer, wrote Ayin Tuff. So when they put it back into full words, the next printer wrote Erev Tavshilin. Where do we see that he kept Erev Tchumen? That's the Lodge of the Pasuk, Ekev. Ekev, Hashem Avram Bekeli. Avram even heard my voice about the Ekev, where you're allowed to walk on Shabbos. That's Ekev. One more thing. Diskin. Uh, we have a problem. Obviously, from Erev Tchumen, Erev Tavshilin, whatever it is, Avram kept Shabbos. We have a problem. There's a whole shiloh, whatever of Avinu was. Was he Israel? Or was he a guy? Well, how do you keep Shabbos? If you're a guy, you're not allowed to keep Shabbos. You're a So you have to be Mechal Shabbos. If you're a Yid, you have to keep Shabbos. You can't be Mechal Shabbos. What was Avram Avinu? What did he do? There happened to have been such a story where there was a person becoming a Garen Kamagudah. And he asked Rav Pam, who was visiting that Shabbos, what to do. He said, Rav Pam, I was told to light a match every Shabbos. Because I was still in the process of Geras. He's keeping all of Shabbos, except for one thing. He would light a match. But he asked Rav Pam, I have a problem. When I light the match, I don't need the heat, and I don't need the light. So it's a Malaga Shem Shvila Gufa, which is only kill Shabbos in Abaran. Zabit still keeping Shabbos. What am I supposed to do? Rav Pam said... For a guy, you could be makel like the Shita Saramam that holds Malach Shizili Gufa is Dari Raisa Shabbos. So you're being Machal Shabbos with Shita Saramam. That was a Pam's answer. Shua Leib Diskin said in Moir de He said, Avram wore Tzitzis and he went into Rosh Hashanah. If Tzitzis is a Kiyama Mitzvah, it becomes part of your Beged and you're not carrying. But if you're a guy, then Tzitzis is not a Kiyama Mitzvah, you're carrying strings in Rosh Hashanah. Say being a house, Shabbos. <laughs> <laughs>